right. Morning, LifePoint Church. Hope everyone is, is happy and doing well. Um, big, big shout out to all of our fathers out there. Happy Father's Day. Those that are here, those that are watching online, um, you all are amazing. You play such a, just a, an instrumental and pivotal role in the life of not only your kids, but in your entire family, and, and which has like for the good, it's an incredible ripple effect all throughout their lives and generationally. So uh, thank you for all that you do, for being amazing. Um, shout out to all the dads out there. Um, today, we are, are wrapping up our current message series called Forgotten. And, and what we've been doing throughout this series, we've been looking at all these different virtues that we see in Scripture that we as Christ followers are actually called to live out. Like they're supposed to be a part of our lives, not just our lives in general, but especially as Christ followers. In week one, we talked about the forgotten virtue of honor, right? Honor. Honor your father and mother is what pops in my head right out the gate. So happy Father's Day. Honor your fathers, kids. Uh, but honor, it, it's a lost virtue. Week two, we talked about loyalty. And even though some of us, we think that we are very loyal people, when we really step back and look at it, there's little issues here and there, and there's gaps in our loyalty. So we have to reclaim that forgotten virtue of loyalty. Last week, we talked about integrity, right? Integrity. And so this week, we are wrapping things up with the forgotten virtue of gratitude. Forgotten virtue of of gratitude. And before we even get started, I'm going to have several personal examples in here because, man, gratitude has been kicking my tail um, over the past couple weeks. I've been seeing all these glimpses. God has been showing me how, um, well, how bad I am at it at times. <laughs> so I'll just be honest. That's where I'm at. So, but, so we're talking about this lost, forgotten virtue of gratitude. And and to be honest, the presence of gratitude, like true, genuine, authentic gratitude, is really hard to come by in our culture and society today. There's a surface level gratitude, but true gratitude is, is tough to find. And, and especially with the younger generation is what we hear, okay? We hear that a lot. How many of you all have heard that um, uh, something negative about millennials over the past eight years even, just, I mean, it's, it's a hot thing. Like, everyone wants to get all been out of shape about the millennials, right? And, and one of the biggest criticisms of millennials, as well as Gen Z, is that they are entitled, which is kind of like the opposite of gratitude, being gracious, that they're entitled. Now, for full transparency, um, I myself technically am a millennial, so I feel I can say these things. Um, uh, depending on what's, you know, what graphs and charts you're looking at, they're anywhere around 1981 to like 1996, 97-ish. And since I was born in 82, I'm like an OG millennial. So um, I'm one of the oldest out here, right? So, but, but what, I've, what I've found, even as a millennial, like when I was working at Brooklawn over in, in, you know, as a director, I mean, I, I employed a lot of my employees, you know, almost 100 plus employees, probably 90% of them were millennials. And I even found myself saying like, man, what is wrong with these people? Like, they, they just, they're so entitled. Like, I just don't get it. They think like they should receive an award just because they showed up to work today. Like, they're just entitled. They think everyone, you know, owes them something and they deserve this. We see that all the time with them and, and with Gen Z, but, but let's, let's not, not fool ourselves. That's just not an issue with millennials and Gen Z and the coming generation, like Alpha or something like that. I guess really what it is, like Generation Alpha or something. But it's really an issue with all of us. In one way, shape, or form, we all struggle with entitlement. That mindset of entitlement can creep in at any given point. And entitlement, in my opinion, from what I see, 
is just a direct symptom of the lack of gratitude in our lives and in our culture and our society. So, so what I want to do today, again, as we wrap up this series, I, I want to check out Scripture and look at what God's Word has to say about both entitlement and the virtue of gratitude. And so let's kick things off by checking out a story in Luke chapter 17. It's a very interesting story, um, a quick little story here, but it, it, it packs a punch when it comes to entitlement and gratitude. And, and what we see here is it found in Luke 17, we're going to start reading in verse 11. And it says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So let me give you a little bit of context um, surrounding leprosy. Like in case you're not familiar, leprosy was a nasty beast. Like it was not good, right? They had these sores that would just like ooze and just super, super painful and, and just gross. But I mean, it was, they, it was incredibly painful. But not only physical pain, but there was this intense relational and emotional pain that came along with it. Because as we read in, in Leviticus chapter 13, if you had leprosy, one of the things that you had to do was anytime someone got close to you, it was highly contagious, anytime someone got close to you, they had to actually yell out, unclean, unclean, to let them know that they were unclean. Man, talk about just an emotional wreck, that that's what you had to do when you interacted with somebody that you couldn't physically touch anybody. No handshakes, no hugs, no fist bumps. I don't know if they did fist bumps then, but fist bumps, not there. Couldn't do it. So leprosy was this just, just nasty thing. So needless to say, these 10 guys were desperate, miserable. Jesus, they see Jesus walking, they're like, this, Jesus is our only hope for some, some normal life, to be free of this misery relational, emotional, physical pain that we're in. So they called out to him. Verse 14, when he, being Jesus, saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, it says they were cleansed. They were healed. All 10 of them were miraculously healed. No more leprosy, right? Verse 15, check out what happens. This is what blows my mind. Verse 15, one of them, one, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, you know, Jesus asked great questions. Like if you go through, read through the New Testament and his ministry, he asked brilliant questions. Love it. So he asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Now he knew that, right? But he's like, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus was basically like, so, so wait a minute. So 10 of you were misery, or full of misery, were in pain, right? Leprosy. 10 of you all were crying out as I walked by, have pity on us, have mercy on us, heal us. And so all 10 were, were healed, yet only one came back to say thank you? Entitlement. Now, these other nine men may not have been like terrible people, right? Maybe they were just so excited, the first thing they wanted to do was run home and hug their family for the first time in who knows how long, right? So I'm not saying that they're like terrible people, but what I am saying is they had a touch of entitlement. They had forgotten the importance of gratitude for what God had done in their life. And when that happens, you begin to think like, I deserve that. I've been in so much pain. It's been so bad. I deserve to be healed. When in reality, they were only healed because of the grace and the mercy of God. And only one was grateful. So here's my question I have for you today. Will you be the one? 
Will you be the one? Or will you be the, the other nine? Will you be the one that goes back and praises the one who gave you life? The one who is the reason that you have anything and everything that you have. Will you be the one that throws yourself at the feet of Jesus, thanking him for every blessing and everything that you have? Will you be the one? Will you be the one not only with God, but also who is grateful and goes back and thanks those who have had a positive impact on your life? Will you go back and thank your kids' teachers who took time and invested in their lives or coaches? Will you take the time to actually do that in a genuine way? Will you take time to thank Jared and the team that does such a great job every week leading us in worship? Who's getting better and better? It's phenomenal. Will you be the one that thinks this crew over here that does all of our live stream? All of our slides and all of this, they, they do this because they want to serve. Will you be the one to thank them for that? Will you be the one to thank your friends, your family, your neighbors, your mentors, your coworkers, your boss, the stranger that holds the door for you? Will you live with a heart of gratitude? Will you be the one? Or will you be the other nine? And maybe you're sitting here thinking to yourself, you know what, Andy, I, I hear you, but I think I'm pretty graciously. You know, I, have, I live with a lot of gratitude. I'm very thankful. I thank people. I, I, feel, I feel pretty good about this. And honestly, that's, as we've gone through all of this series, like, I find myself thinking, like, no, I do good in that. And then I spend some time with Jesus, and I'm like, hey, show me if I do a good job with this. And boy, does he show me. <laughs> And he shows me I need some work. And so maybe you're in that same boat. So what I want to do, because I enjoy doing it, is I want to help you find your ungratefulness. <laughs> or maybe your potential for ungratefulness. Because we all need to be willing to ask that question. We have to dig below the surface if we really want to be all that God created us to be and do all the things that he created us to do. And so in order to do that, we're going to start by looking at a very well-known story in the New Testament, a story that Jesus tells, a parable about a father and two sons. And both of these sons had a heart of entitlement and ungratefulness. But it manifests itself in two different ways. And we're going to look at these two different mindsets of ungrateful mindsets that we could easily slip into. And the first ungrateful mindset that, that you may slip into or have the potential to slip into is the I want it now mindset, right? Like I want it and I want it now. For those of you that have been coming to LifePoint Church for a while, you know one of my weaknesses and struggles is like drive-throughs, right? Super spiritual, I know. But, but when I go to Starbucks on a Sunday morning, I do a mobile order because I want it to be quick, right? And so I put in my mobile order before I leave the house. It says it's going to be ready at this time. I arrive at that time and I walk in and it's not ready and I have to wait. It starts bubbling up in me. Man, I get frustrated. I start to get mad, right? And, and, it's, and it's really this ungrateful mindset and heart that's I want it now. Now, I wait one or two minutes and then someone who like, takes the time to make my Americano and then like serves it to me, I'm frustrated because I didn't get it when I wanted it. It's a, it's a ridiculous, ungrateful mindset. Like I want it now. And we see the same attitude in the younger son in this story in the New Testament that Jesus tells. And we know it all is the story of the prodigal son, right? So let's go ahead and start reading Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Check it out. It says, Jesus continued. So he's telling this story. He said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Now, traditionally, we all know that, that you receive your inheritance once that person like, typically passes away, right? That's normally how an inheritance works. But, but this guy, the, the youngest son, was basically saying, like, Dad, like, I want it 
now. I don't want to wait. I want my share of the estate. I want my inheritance now. I want to go live my life the way I want to, and I want to do it now. And so, for some reason, the father's like, okay, there you go. Here's, here's what your inheritance is. Here's your you know, share of the estate. There you go. Right? He wanted it, and he wanted it now. And we all know how the story goes. And if not, let me share with you real quick. The prodigal son basically goes out, and it says he spends it all, wastes it all on wild living. Right? Just use your imagination. Whatever you think wild living is, he probably did it. He was out there just, just getting it, just living life to the fullest. What probably took his father decades to accumulate and to build, he blew in moments because he wanted it then and now. And man, we really embrace this I want it now mindset in our culture. Like when you step back and think about it, you see it all the time. But man, even on a deeper level, I've seen people, young people that are like 10, 20, 30 years younger than other people, they look at these older, older people in their lives and they say, well, well, I want to live at their level now, right? I want what they have. I want to go on the kind of vacations they go on. I want the house that they have. I want the car that they have. Like I want it and I want it now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to earn it. I don't want to work for it. Like, I want, to, I want it now. It's, it's an ungrateful mindset. But you see, they kind of learn that. Typically, they learn that from their parents. Not trying to, like, point fingers or anything like that, but, it, like, typically their parents probably went out and bought a car that they didn't save up for, that they went into debt for, because they wanted it then and now. Honestly, if you're in debt, like this is not judgment because I am, I got student loans out the ear, ears, but like if you're in debt outside of your mortgage or like a family or a crisis or an emergency, which happens, it's probably because you've bitten off a little bit of this mindset of I want it now. You don't want to wait. You don't want to save. It's an easy way to get it, so I want it now. A little bit of a lack of gratitude. The second ungrateful mindset that we see from this story the prodigal son is the mindset of i deserve more right so we have i want it now but then we also have this mindset of i deserve more i deserve more than what i currently have and we see this with the older brother in the story you see the younger brother he goes off wastes all this inheritance he gets it from his dad he goes and wastes it and then he comes to this realization at some point like man i've screwed up big time like, even my dad's employees, his servants, live better than I do right now. It says he was eating, like, the pods along with some pigs that he was working at. Like, he was just, that's, that's what he would fall on rock bottom. That's what he was down to. So he comes up with this scheme. He's like, well, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to beg my dad for forgiveness, and I'm going to ask him, please, just let me be one of your employees. Because at least that way I'll have a place to stay and I can eat. So he goes back, and he's got this speech prepared, yet his dad sees him right? This beautiful picture is a picture of God, God the Father, right? But his dad sees him in a distance and runs to him, which was a big no-no in that culture. He didn't care. He ran to his son, hugged him, kissed him, says he put a ring on his finger, told, told his people, like, hey, kill the fatty calf, bro. We're going to party. My son has come home. It's a beautiful picture of redemption and grace and love. With the older brother, bro, he wasn't feeling it. He's sitting back like, okay, so little brother takes his inheritance, wastes it all, screws up, and now dad's throwing a party for him? Here I've all along, I've done everything I was supposed to do. I never turned on him. I've worked hard, and he's never even given me like anything. He felt like he deserved more. Dad, I deserve more. If you're going to do this for him, I deserve more. Luke 15, 29 says, but he, the older son, answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. He felt like he deserved more. Blessed beyond belief, but he deserved more. 
especially more than whatever his little brother was going to get because he screwed up. He messed everything up. And again, man, we see examples of this all the time. I'll I'll never forget, um, I had this conversation with one of my employees um, when I was, again, when I was at Brookline, and man, he was a great employee, worked hard, was great with the kids, showed up on time, um, always picked up extra shifts. Like he was, he was just a phenomenal employee. And then he put in for this promotion. And honestly, he just wasn't ready and he wasn't a good fit for that position. It would have actually been a negative thing for him. But of course, he didn't see it that way. And around that same time, we went through like a race freeze. And, and so there was just a lot of little things that were happening. And, and his performance just fell off, just dropped off. He was, it just wasn't as good of an employee. So I pulled him into my office one day. I was like, hey, what's going on? And essentially, he said, I didn't get the get raise. I didn't get the promotion. I deserve more than this. So if I can't get what I want when I want it, and I don't get what I deserve, I'm just going to show up and do the bare minimum and roll out, if that. I mean, he pretty much told me that. And I get being frustrated, right, when things don't go the way you hoped and you worked for. But the reality was he had embraced this mindset, this ungrateful mindset of, I deserve more than this. I deserve more. And so if I deserve more and I don't get it, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm going to stay on my ground, right? Oh, I deserve better benefits. I deserve more vacation time. And we see it all the time. I see, see six-year-olds that don't get the toy that they want, right? And, and they feel like they're being punished because <laughs> they don't get a certain toy. Preteens, you know, they don't have their iPhone yet at a certain time. They don't have Instagram. They feel like their life is over. You all hate me. Woe is me. But we do the same. I got hit with that same thing. I deserve more. I was a director, right? Got my, got my MBA. So why am I driving a 2007 Jeep Compass? I should be driving a BMW, right? Like everybody else. Nothing wrong with that. But that's how I felt. Thankfully, I didn't go get one because I was real close. And that, you know, debt that I was talking about would have been even through the roof, would not have been a good move. Or even more recently, this mindset crept into my, into my heart when I was out here mowing grass, which I love doing. It's good thinking time for me. But as I'm mowing grass, I run across a, a bottle filled with urine. And I had to go get gloves and a thing, and I pick it up, and I take it and throw it away. And like I'm sitting here thinking to myself, it's like, I have an MBA. I have an MBA and I'm picking up bottles of urine. I deserve more. I lost sight of what really mattered. I lost sight of gratitude. Because I am the happiest I've ever been in my life doing exactly what God wants me to do in this moment. And I know that. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But in that moment, I let that gratitude slip away and entitlement build up. I deserve more. I want it now. We all can become victims of that so easily. And so with that said, what I want to do for the rest of our time today is is I want to encourage you, right? I want to encourage you to be bold enough to ask God throughout this week and today, like when we'll have time here in a moment. And as I'm talking about these things, I want you to really ask God whether or not you have some of these areas in your life where gratitude is absent, where you've embraced an entitlement mindset, where ungratefulness is running wild in your life. Maybe you don't realize it. Be bold enough to ask God. Because again, when you start digging under the surface, you'll start finding it. And even if it's small, it deserves and needs to be dealt with and acknowledged. Because if it's something that's minor over here undealt with it's going to get bigger and it's going to become a problem so i want to challenge you to be bold enough as we work through scripture and and to see what different categories of ungratefulness can creep into our lives and what areas we tend to struggle with and maybe it's an area that you struggle with be bold enough to ask god that 
And then we're going to talk from Scripture again how we actually reclaim gratitude in our lives. Because what we're going to see is not something that we can do on our own. So let's look at a few, just three categories real quick. I know I've already talked a lot, and I say three things, and everybody's like, oh my gosh. When a pastor says three things, like halfway through the sermon, it's never a good thing. But bear with me. It's all good. Um, so three categories of ungratefulness. We're going to buzz through these, but I just want to throw these out loud. And I want you to think about them. I want you to ask God if this is something that you're wrestling and dealing with. So I want you to be bold enough to ask God to reveal to you any uh, material or financial ungratefulness that's currently in your life. Material or financial. I mean, that's probably some of the ones that are the most prevalent. That's probably more on that surface level in our lives, right? Right? You got that 43-inch, you know, 1080p TV, and you're like, I need that 74K, right? Like, I mean, that thing's not cutting it. It don't do, it's not doing it. Like, for me, like the Jeep Compass. Like, why am I driving a Jeep Compass? Like, it's got a lot of miles on it. Like, why am I driving this? Right? Maybe for you, it's, you know, you, you open up your closet and you see all these clothes and you're like, I ain't got nothing to wear today. You're so mad. You're so upset. You're ungrateful. I ain't got nothing. I need new clothes. I don't ever hear that in my house. We move on. Or maybe it's your salary, right? Maybe you're like, man, I don't, my salary is just not good enough and I don't make as much as them or that person or that, like whatever it is, that material, your house. You know, my house isn't as big as so-and-so's or the neighborhood or the area of town I live in is not, you know, the best area or it's not the well-known area or the, the trendy area. And, and you're, just, you're just ungrateful for financially and, and materially. Ask God if that's something that you're struggling with. Second category that we typically see is an ungra- of gr- ungratefulness is relationally, right? Relational ungratefulness. Right? Maybe for you, you're, you're looking at your husband and you're kind of like, man, like, I wish he had a better job. I wish he made more money. I wish he could actually cook a little bit. That would be tight. You know? Maybe you wish that he was a better spiritual leader. Maybe he was a little more handy around the house and could actually fix something without you know, going on YouTube and then trying it and breaking it and then having to call someone in. Um, you know, no experience there either. Uh, maybe, maybe you're like, man, I just wish... My husband looked more like, you know, Jason Momoa or, you know, David Beckham or something like, I don't know, whoever that is for you. Maybe, but maybe you're just relationally a little ungrateful in those areas. Or maybe, or maybe you look at your wife and you're kind of like, more, I wish, I wish we had more fun together. I wish you weren't always, you know, more interested in going and hanging out with your friends than with me. I wish you made, you wish, you know, I wish my wife made a little more money or whatever may be relationally there. Or maybe for you, it's your parents. Maybe you're like, I'm tired of my parents, always trying to tell me what to do, always in my business. I wish my parents were more like this, you know, this person's parents, because if that was the case, my life would be so much easier. Or maybe it's just you wish you had better friends, right? You wish you had a boyfriend or a girlfriend or that you were married, Uh, whatever it may be. But relationally, just ungrateful. Maybe ask God if that's something that you're really struggling with. Third category of ungratefulness is an interesting one, and I think it's, it's circumstantial ungratefulness. Ungrateful just in your current circumstance, your current life spot, maybe. Maybe it's just your job. You know, you're just not satisfied. I don't like my job, you know, or I don't like the way my body looks. I don't like my body image, or, you know, I don't like my nose. My kids said I have a grew nose, which really happened, and they said that, and that hurt my feelings. But, you know, whatever. But maybe you don't like that, and it's kind of body image stuff. Or, or maybe it's just, you know, you're kind of in this mindset that, man, everything, nothing ever works out right for me. doesn't matter. Anything I try, I fail. You know, there's some, like, conspiracy over my life or whatever that everything just goes south every time I try something, poor pitiful me, or whatever it might be. But you're ungrateful um, just in your circumstances. This was me Friday night. Again, honesty, cards on the table. I was having my dad over for Father's Day. Um, had a long morning, mowed the grass here, mowed the grass at home. It was like 90-something degrees. I was exhausted. The highlight of my evening was going to be I had some steaks and some shrimp, and I was going to grill out for my dad, and we were going to have a great night. It was going to be awesome. 
the night went way sideways pretty quick. Little things here and there, right? So, you know, weather forecast changes. They said rain was going to come in, so I start panicking because I've got a grill. And I'm, so I'm trying to rush and do all this. I overcooked the steaks. I was frustrated about that. When I'm carrying them in, I spill steak juice all over my new shoes, um, white shoes, by, you know. And so then I'm making the shrimp, flambe that a little bit too much, you know, singe some hairs on my face, you know. Um, and then my dog, we give her a treat. She starts choking on the treat, and we almost, like, heading halfway to the vet because she choked. Like, it was just a train wreck. And so all night, like, I'm walking around the house. I think walking, probably stomping and storming and stewing and <sighs> sighing, and nothing ever works out right. So frustrated. This is ridiculous. This happened and this happened. Just and, and Jen kind of like does what she does, and she's like, "Shut up," <laughs> like lovingly, you know. But she's like, "Okay, the steaks are a little overcooked. You're eating steak. That's you're blessed. Your shoes, whatever. If it doesn't come out, we can get new ones. They're just shoes, right?" Yeah, you burnt your hair up a little bit, and you're freaking out about that, but you didn't, like, burn your eyes out, and you actually have hair, so some people don't. Be happy. She was helping me reset my mind. Not on all the things that were not going well, but in that story, what a privileged little brat I was. Oh, my steaks didn't turn out okay, and my shrimp. Like, how bougie does that sound? Like, it's terrible. I fell into that mindset. Circumstantial ungratefulness. We're, we're all capable. Every single one of us, depending on kind of how you're wired, your triggers, we're all capable of being ungrateful. And it's time that we reclaim gratitude in our lives. So how do we do this, Right? Once we identify, we put in the work, right? We ask, we're bold enough to ask God, reveal to me any ungratefulness that's in my heart. Like, how do we begin to reclaim gratitude in our lives? And I think the best way that we do this is doing what you just sang about here in the song, the first song that Jared and, and the team and Don led us in, right? Blessed be your name. There's a lyric in that that says, that says every blessing that you pour out I'll turn back to praise. That's how we reclaim gratitude in our lives. So what we're going to do is we're going to turn every blessing into praise. Every blessing that you have, everything that's good in your life, no matter how small it is, man, we turn that into praise. It's an opportunity to thank God for it. Most importantly, thanking God. But if someone does something good for you, that's a blessing. Thank them. Every blessing, we're going to turn it into praise. And this is so incredibly important and it's something that we have to focus on because here's the reality. Every blessing that you don't turn into praise will turn into pride. And it will turn into pride quickly. And it will turn into pride without you even realizing and knowing it. Those, those 10 guys that Jesus healed, they weren't setting out probably to be proud, to be ungrateful. But they were. Because they, they missed the moment. They weren't intentional about making sure that the blessings in their life were turned into praise. Praising God for everything. Because let's be honest, without him we are nothing. Everything good that we have, everything good that we are, if there's anything good in us, 100% it's from God and him alone. Therefore, we must turn it into praise. It's a must, but it's a decision that you have to make. You have to live consciously thinking of that so that we don't allow those blessings to turn into pride, like something that we somehow deserve, because we don't. Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. He says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret. Let me say that again. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed well or 
hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Then he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. He says that whatever the circumstance is, if I'm healthy, if I'm sick, if I've got money, disposable income, if I'm struggling to make ends meet or don't even have enough to cover the bills, if I hate my job, no matter what the situation is, I've learned to be content in all things, to be grateful in all things. Understand that he says, I have learned. This is not something that comes natural to us. By our very nature, we are ungrateful. We are very us-centered. That's natural, right? That's our human nature, to be focused on us and us alone. But the reality is we are flawed beings, and we need to think outside of ourselves. God calls us to think outside of ourselves. And in order to do that, we need him. So Paul says, I've learned the secret of being content. I've learned the secret of being grateful in any and every situation. And it's that through Christ, I can do all things. It wasn't through his power. It was through Christ. I can do all things, everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's the only way that we can truly reclaim gratitude in our lives. So I really want to challenge you with this today. I really want you to be bold enough to ask God to reveal those things to you. And pay attention. Learn to pay attention and decide to turn every blessing to praise. Right? So the next time that you're like, man, I'm just sick of this car. I deserve better. And I want it now. Step back and be like, you know what? I'm just thankful that I have a car that turns on and runs to get me to point A to point B. A car so that I can take my kids where they need to go or I can go do these things. Just be thankful. You're upset because your house is always a wreck, it's never clean, you know, or it's not as big as other people's house and you want to have more people over but you can't because you feel cramped and you don't know what to do, you just want to move, you're not happy, you're not satisfied with it. I mean, just stop. Step back and be thankful that you have a roof over your head. Right? You have indoor plumbing. That's a big one. Water. Things that we take for granted. Water. Clean drinking water. We just run clean water down the sink to brush our teeth. In other areas in the world, they're dying because they don't have just enough water to to live. We brush our teeth with it. We bathe in clean, perfect drinking water. Be grateful. Be grateful whether it be your job or your body, whatever it is, whenever that entitlement, right, that ungrateful mindset creeps in, stop it. Sometimes you need to say it out loud. I've been saying it out loud recently. Nope, I'm going to be thankful. I'm thankful for this. And Jen's cracking up because I'm walking around the house saying that because I'm trying to retrain my brain. Take every blessing. And regardless of what's going on in your life, I know things get tough sometimes. It can be a train wreck. But I promise you, if you pay attention, you'll see those blessings. Plenty of blessings. Turn those into praise and watch as your life begins to shift. Your attitude begins to shift. Everything begins to shift. The people around you notice and then they start to shift. They start to ask questions like, hey, what's going on in your life? And you're like, man, I'm just thankful. Why are you thankful? Man, because of what God's done in my life. See, we can show gratitude for all these other things and all these other people, these material possessions, right? These uh, financial, you know, things, relational, all these things. We can, they're blessings, and we need to turn those into praise, but most importantly, over everything, we need to praise God simply because he loves us, because he sent his son Jesus to die for us, the ultimate sacrifice, because of the fact that he pours out on you over and over again grace mercy and love and you don't deserve any of it but he freely gives it the most incredible blessing we have it's jesus that he took our rightful place on the cross died and rose again so that we could be made right before god right we could be forgiven set free always have something to be thankful for always something to praise every blessing turn into praise 
And I promise you, when you do that, you allow God to work in and through you, man, things are going to change. And you're going to reclaim that forgotten virtue of gratitude in your life. It will make a difference. But you have to be intentional. As Paul said, I have learned the secret. And he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let him strengthen you as you reclaim gratitude in your life. Let's pray. Jesus, we, we come to you today just, just thankful. There's so many times in our lives that, that we get distracted, so many hiccups that we face along the way, so many things that don't go according to our plan. We want to see something different. We get frustrated, even all these petty things. But in reality, God, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. And the reason is because of you. So we take this moment as a, as a church family, here in person and those online, Jesus, to stop everything, quiet everything, and just say thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, God, for dying for us. Thank you for making a way. Thank you for grace, forgiveness, new life. The fact that once we confess and believe that we are no longer that old self, but we are a new creation, your masterpiece. Jesus, thank you. And maybe you're here this morning as we continue in a spirit of prayer. And that's something that you yet can say that you have received. Maybe, maybe you've been going to church for a while, kind of going through the motions, or maybe this is your first time being at a church or joining online or whatever it may be, but you realize that you've been ungrateful in your life. And maybe the most ungrateful place is the fact that you've just been living your life however you want. Reckless abandonment, kind of like the prodigal son. If that's you, understand that just like the prodigal son's father, God is waiting there with open arms. He's waiting for you to come to the end of yourself and say, God, I need you. Let me just, let me just be in your presence. I don't want anything else. I want to know you. And when you take that first step towards him, he's running. He's going to embrace you. The good, bad, and the ugly. You don't have to clean up your life first. Just come to him. And again, he says, when you confess and believe that you're a new creation. But Romans 10, 9 says, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God arose him from the grave, that you'll be saved. He died, rose again for you. When you confess and believe, game changer. And if that's you, you can call out to him however he leads. Here, you can be here in your seat, you can be at home wherever you're at or driving, listening, you just call out to him. When you call out to him, he's faithful to receive you, give you new life in him. Not because you deserve it, but because he's good and he loves you. And if that's you, you have more questions about that, or if you, you give him your life today, and let us know, we want to celebrate with you. We want to guide you in your next steps on your journey. Or if you have more questions about it, you're not ready for that yet. You're at a perfect place. You're welcome here. We'd, I'll answer any question you have. Reach out to us after the service or online, direct message, however you choose. We're here for you. But maybe you're here and you are a Christ follower and you've just totally gotten sidetracked when it comes to gratitude. You focus more on the negative things then you do all the incredible blessings that you have. It's easy to do. I find myself in that place far too often. Be bold enough to ask God to reveal those things to you. And not only just ask him, when he reveals them to you, own it, confess it, and then take the steps to do something different. And the simplest way to turn every blessing to praise. 
reclaim gratitude in your life. Jesus, again, we love you. We thank you. Lord, I pray that you would be with each person that's here and that's watching online, Lord, that you would speak truth and love over them, whatever it is that they need to hear, Jesus. For those that don't know you as Savior, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would convict and they would be open to hearing your voice would step into your family receive your gift of salvation and Lord for those that are struggling with, with gratitude Lord I pray that they would begin to be intentional and allow you to work in and through them to turn every blessing that they have that they would see them that they'd be able to identify them and they would praise you for that may we be a church that is truly grateful all that you've blessed us with, no matter what, we will be grateful. Jesus, we love you. Thank you. You are more than worthy of all honor, all glory, and all praise. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. with our tithes and our offerings here at LifePoint Church. There's a few different ways that you can give. Um, you can give here in person on your way out. There's a basket um, and envelopes. You can fill that out and drop it out, drop it off on your way out if that's how you choose to give. Um, you can go to our website. Top right-hand corner is an online giving button. You can use text to give by texting the amount to 84321. Um, you can use our church center app, which is the easiest, cleanest, slickest way to give. Um, but however you choose to give, we have all these different methods and platforms, and that's great. But we just, we just want to encourage you to be faithful in giving back just a portion of what God has blessed you with. And we just want to say thank you for being on mission and on board with us um, in that mission. We just want to reach as many people as we can with the love of Jesus, for them to know him and have new life in him, to have their needs met. We want to meet needs in our community, in our, not only just in our church community, but outside these walls. And so... Um, your giving goes directly to that. And so I just want to say thank you for being on mission and doing that. Um, also, if, if this is your first time here or you haven't yet filled out our digital connection card, I want to encourage you to do that. You can text the word CONNECT to the number 502-236-9446. 
Um, if you want that number after the service, if you don't have a chance to get to it, um, I can let you know that, no problem. Um, just fill out, it sends you a link, fill out a digital connection card, get you hooked up with our text, get, or text notifications. It's just a real clean way to stay in communication with us. And then our newest way is the Church Center app again. You can get plugged into that, set up an account, and it's real slick. It gives you, you can sign up for groups. Um, if we're going to have another baptism here probably in the next couple months, I'm excited about it. I've had a few people reach out to me already, so we'll have signups for that. Um, so really just incredible things that God's doing right now through LifePoint, and we're just we're stoked on that. And, and so get in that app. That'll help you to maneuver around if you're uh, tech, technologically inclined. So... Um, if not, I'll help you through that. So other than that, thank you all so much for being here with us. Thanks for being a part of LifePoint Church. Again, whether you're here or online, we love you. You're part of our family and uh, want to continue to do life with you. So thank you for being here. Man, be grateful this week. Find ways to practice gratitude and watch how it changes your, your attitude. Uh, didn't rhyme that on purpose, but you know what I'm saying. But Give it, give it a try. I promise you, it'll change the game. So I love you all, and uh, we'll see you throughout the week online. All right, thank you all so much for being here with us once again for LifePoint Online. If this is your first time here with us, thank you all so much for being here and hanging out with us and checking out LifePoint Church. If you'd like more information or if you have any questions, you can either drop a comment below or you can visit us on our website or any of our social media platforms. And if you have questions, just go ahead and ask, and someone from our team will get back with you as soon as we possibly can. Also, if you want to continue to worship um, with your tithes and your offerings, or if you just simply want to give to LifePoint Church, you can head over to our website. It's lpc502.com. In the top right-hand corner is an online giving button. If you click it, it takes you to a safe and secure place where you can give. You can also begin to text to give by texting the amount that you want to give to the number 84321. But however you choose to give, we're just so thankful and humbled by the fact that you're on mission and that you're giving back just a portion of what it is that God has blessed you with. Again, thank you all so much for being here with us today. We hope that you'll join us in connecting and doing life online throughout the week. And until next Sunday, we'll see you later. Have a great one.